Amen. Wonderful. Well, hey, as we get started here, I've asked a couple of my friends uh, who are out there to pass out extra candles. If you happen to not pick up a candle to hold on your way in, uh, they're just going to walk up and down the aisles briefly, and if you need one, go ahead and raise your hand. We want you to have that for the end of the next segment of our service where our team will come back, the Jordan family and the Jones family will come back and lead us in uh, kind of our grand finale for Christmas Eve. But uh, as we get ready for that, I wanted to wish you a Merry Christmas and ask you this question, uh, because this kid's obviously having a very Merry Christmas. What does it mean for a child to be spoiled? Hey, that can happen, right? Uh, hopefully that's not you or your kids or your grandkids, but I wonder if you'd turn to your neighbor who might be right next to you and just ask them that question. Hey, to them, what does it mean for a child to be spoiled? For 30 seconds, go ahead and ask them. All right, remember to slip your hand up if you need a candle, and we'll get one of those to you. Here's a follow-up question you can ask your neighbor as well. Uh, this might be the more specific, kind of more actionable question. How many gifts under the tree risk spoiling a child? All right, so venture a guess at that. Ask your neighbor what they think that number might be. All right, so here is a mountain of gifts under a tree. I wonder if you think that might, might, that might trigger the spoiling mechanism in a kid's life. I don't know. But there's actually a little bit of story behind this. A lady in Australia a few years ago posted this picture of her Christmas tree, and she started getting a whole bunch of feedback from everybody online, as you might imagine. Everybody has an opinion when they see that. Uh, wow, what a blessing that is. Oh, you're spoiling your kids. Oh, that looks like a first world overindulgence. There were all sorts of feedbacks. So that actually got into the news. Like this made such a big deal in Australia. And uh, here's a couple things that uh, they noted. Uh, and this is, I don't know if I can read this in a full Australian accent here, but there's definitely Australian words here. Uh, there's one mum who takes present giving cake. It's Emma Tapping who proudly gifts all the things to her children. Last year, she, she received widespread disapproval from strangers after posting this photo of her ginormous present pile swamping her Christmas tree. But Emma wasn't deterred. This year, she spent even more and are giving her kids, this is just for three kids, a whopping 96 presents each. Okay, so uh, there you go. I, and they call them pressies, I guess, in Australia. I don't know, has anybody ever heard of that before? Like, oh, that's some pressies. You know, I guess that's what they say. Um, so she posted this new photo, and of course that lit up a whole other online firestorm. And, uh, and here's what she said. Uh, and this, by the way, this is for her daughters, Maya, who is 14, Ella is 10, and her toddler son, Tatum, um, soon to be known as Tantrum. And, uh, and so those 96 gifts compared to last year's 87, okay, as of the writing of this piece, so she said, I do go overboard at Christmas, definitely. It's loads of pressies, loads of food, stuffing your face and just relaxing. She also jokes, it's a bit like Jenga. If you pull the wrong one out, you might lose a child for a few hours. <laughs> uh, Emma also does Christmas Eve bags every year. And that at night, Santa adds even an extra sack of gifts to be under that tree. So um, Emma's daughter, Ella, revealed a popcorn maker and a notepad, and 
Both, both had been remained untouched since last Christmas when they wrote this article. Um, so essentially what was really happening here is this mom decided that everything her kids need over the course of the whole year, she's going to give them on Christmas morning. So under that tree, you've got pens and pencils and notebooks and shirts, and not all of those are toys. It's basically everything she's going to buy. And she said in January, she starts shopping, and she just saves up everything and gives it all to them on one day of the year. So I don't know if you want to adopt that custom or not. I don't. I don't think that sounds relaxing or positive at all. Um, but uh, hey, for, for that lady, I guess that's great. Uh, how many of you were in church this morning? Okay, so in the, in this morning we gave away a fun gift that hopefully won't spoil you. Maybe it'll do the opposite, I don't know. But if you weren't here, I wanted to make sure you also got a chance to grab this gift. Um, we have got, for the whole church, arranged a membership in Ramsey Plus, which is to help inspire you toward paying off debt and building wealth and having a good financial game plan. There's budgeting software and all sorts of advice and help in that. And all you have to do is scan that code. That'll take you to our kind of our church's code. And then you get to be one of the people. It's a whole year of all sorts of goodies from uh, that organization. So we're really excited to present that to you as a gift. And I know Trevor, we kind of kept it secret even from most of the staff. Very few people knew it. Trevor said, well, this feels kind of like an extravagant gift here. He said, yeah, I know. If you know what this actually is, you would say, wow, that's like worth a lot. I agree, and I hope that you take advantage of it. There are also cards with that image around the church. If you want to grab one of those, download that. Uh, get started in the new year with a new financial plan, good budget, uh, and also some cards you can share with some friends. All right, Everybody who goes to our church can share one card. We bought enough um, licenses for everybody to be able to do that. So you can share it. The person who you share it with, they never have to come to the church. They don't have to do anything for us. We just want to bless people, and you get to be the channel of that blessing by praying about who you could share that gift with, okay? So you've already, here is Christmas Eve, and you're already opened one present, and uh, I hope you enjoy that. So I wanted to talk a little bit about the gift that God has for us, and we'll just walk through the scripture and look for evidences of God's generosity toward you and I, and how uh, as his children, he loves us so much, and he gives us so much that we don't deserve. Right? Now, we can't possibly scratch the surface of listing everything God gives us because we would have to start all the way at the beginning and the very breath of life and the light around us and the molecules that make up our bodies. I mean, everything is a gift from God. And the Scripture says all things are from Him, all things are for Him. In fact, everything holds together in Him. And so you and I, our very existence, we owe to God. And so for everything, we would say, Lord, thank you. But I wanted to zoom in on the specific gift of life that God offers, eternal life, salvation, and, and the fact that you and I don't deserve anything from God, other than he's already given us more than we deserve, but he goes over and above and he offers us just an amazing gift. So a few scriptures that relate to that, and I just wanted to kind of build a case for you of what the gift of God for your life looks like, okay? So, Here's the first thing. This gift, the gift God wants to give you, is forever. Uh, the scripture says, the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Jesus Christ our Lord. So the, the wages we earn when we live our own way, when we sin, that's pride, lust, greed, selfishness, all the darkness that lives in our heart, and we know it's there even if we kind of deny it. Uh, we know those things have reared their ugly head in our lives, and all of that is evidence that 
we really aren't that close to God. Even though we kind of wish we could be, we're, we're really far from Him. We're not at all like Him because of our sin. The wages of our sin, the, the, what we're owed, is just the judgment that is attached to sin, which the Bible says is death, right? But here, the gift of God is eternal life. God wants to gift you a whole fresh start. And when I see that term eternal life, I, I obviously we're thinking about living forever. That's an amazing aspect of this. But there's another dynamic as well where he's giving you real life, life that starts today and lasts forever, a different quality of life, because now your life is filled with purpose and filled with power that you didn't have before. Okay, so the gift that God would give you is forever. If you open it, it changes you not just in one moment, it changes you for every day of your earthly life and then on into eternity. Okay, this gift is also love. First John says, see how very much our Father loves us, for He calls us His children and that is what we are. Just imagine, I think one translation says that the, the references this kind of love and says God has lavished His love on us. Just there's so much love that God has for us, and as he thinks about us opening the gift, it's not just about you getting to go to heaven or to live forever, it's actually about God wanting to spend forever with you. He loves you that much, and so he has made a provision for you to be able to join his family and then walk forward into eternity being lavished by his love. That's an amazing thing. Hey, another thing about the gift of God we learn is the gift is life. First John also mentions this is what God has testified. He has given us eternal life, and this life is in His Son, that is Jesus. So you say, how do I access the life of God? How do I, how do I connect with this gift He wants to give? Well, the, the, the answer is Jesus, and that's why Christmas means so much, because Christmas was literally... Jesus becoming flesh, coming to this world, becoming one of us to present to us this whole opportunity to come back to God. So Jesus, through his life on earth and then eventually his death on the cross and his resurrection, he made the way possible for you to come close to God. And so it's not just a theory, like we say, well, that's a great philosophy. No, it's actually happened. This is history. This is part of how God is redeeming you. Okay? So we say, wow, Lord, thank you for the gift, not just of life, like physical life, that's life 1.0, but thank you for letting me be born again to have second life, to have life 2.0, the spiritual life that would start now and last forever. That's an amazing thing. Another thing we learn as we read the scripture is this gift is costly. Okay? This wasn't easy for God to do in the sense that you and I would think about an easy gift to give. Uh, this costs everything. Okay, John 3.16, for, for this is how God loved the world. He gave his one and only son so that everyone who believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. Right? Such a beautiful principle there, such an amazing gift that he's given. Um, he was willing to give everything. The, what is most valuable to him, he gave for you. That's how much he loves you. Okay, this gift is also a miracle. You probably already guessed that, but when you, when you learn about what it is that God is willing to do in your heart, if you receive the gift, if you open it, a, a variety of miracles start to happen, not the least of which is right here, mentioned in Ephesians. God is so rich in mercy, and He loved us so much that even though we were dead because of our sins, He gave us life when He raised Christ from the dead. So we look back in history, 
and we see Jesus dying on the cross and rising again. You say, well, why is that so significant? Why do we emphasize that all the time? Well, it's because it's not just about what happened to Jesus in history. It's you get to become a part of what happened to Jesus. The Bible says that when you trust him, when you believe him, it's as if your old self is crucified with Jesus and you're raised to new life just like he was. That's an amazing miracle that God gives you the same kind of resurrection life that Jesus had. That same scripture continues, for he raised us from the dead along with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms because we're united with Christ Jesus. So this gift, it changes you. It doesn't change your behavior, it changes your status. Like you're no longer just an earth dweller, you're no longer just here. You now have a label, you now know, you know have a status or a citizenship in heaven. They're in the heavenly realms. You're there. You're, 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 you're pre, uh, it's all, you've, got kind of a, you've got a pre-reservation to be there. And Jesus made that possible. Okay, so it's an amazing gift that he's given us. Ephesians continues, so that God can point to us in all future ages as examples of the incredible wealth of his grace and kindness toward us, as shown in all he has done for us who are united with Christ Jesus. You know, this verse, it's kind of like when you, if you, if you feel like you're in a, in a dark room, but it's daytime and the you know, little fan or something blows the curtain and some light streams in and you realize, well, there's a lot more out there than what I'm seeing right now. I feel like that's what this verse almost is, that we tend to think that the here and now, like the age that we're living in, is pretty much all there is. It's the most important age, right? Because that's where we are. But that's not actually the case. So then future ages, like there, there's, there's a lot of history yet to come. There's a lot of future out there. And in all of that history, this gift, if you open it now, changes everything about you. And it stays, it's an amazing gift. Even in future ages, someone will look back at you or at me and say, wow, there's an amazing testimony of God's love. Like look at what God did with that person. Look at how much God changed their life. Look at the grace God extended, even while they were sinful, what God did for them and then what God did in them. All of that makes us go, wow, God, your grace is amazing. But what this says is that in the future ages, we'll still be saying that. Okay, so maybe 10 million years from now, we'll have a meeting. We'll say, wow, I can't believe I'm here. I can't believe, we'll never get used to it, right? Because God is doing a very gracious thing and offering us this gift. Okay, this gift is really a gift. Here's where we get tripped up. At least I know that kind of, a, I think probably any of us would say, you know, it almost, almost doesn't feel right that God would do so much for us, like I, I ought to have to do something to pay him back. Right, so a lot of people get into that mindset. Like they feel like I've got to whatever, show up at church or give to the poor or do something to really make sure that God knows that I'm thankful. There's nothing wrong with thanking God by the way you live, but you realize he's actually giving you a gift with no strings attached. Like, he just loves you. That's why he's giving it to you. This is a free gift of his grace. If you earned it, if you deserved it, it wouldn't actually be gracious. It would just be wages, right? But this isn't wages. We don't earn this. We don't deserve this. He gives it to you. So the Bible says, God saved you by his grace when you believed. And you can't take credit for this. It is a gift from God. Salvation is not a reward for the good things we have done, so none of us can boast about it. So nobody gets to say, wow, God got a great deal when he picked me. Uh, no, none of us are a very good deal for God, but he loves us anyway. And he very graciously invites us to be part of his family. 
The only question remaining for us is not, is the gift available or do I deserve the gift? You, you don't deserve it. It is available. The question is just, will you open it uh, or will you leave it there still wrapped? Okay, this gift empowers your purpose in life. Ephesians says, for we're God's masterpiece. He's created us anew in Christ Jesus so that we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. So everything that God has made for you as a person, as a human being, like what he intended for you, you can live that because of what Jesus came to bring for you. You say, why wouldn't you take advantage of that gift? Why wouldn't you say, of course, Lord, I I want to receive that and be a part of your family forever. Okay, and that gets us to our last one. Um, This gift is ready to be received. John 1.12 says, but to all who believed him and accepted him, he gave the right to become children of God. Okay, being a child of God is not something that happens to you automatically, like just if you're born in a Christian family or you're lucky enough to hear about this when you're a kid or something. Uh, This is something, this is a gift God gives you when you believe in him. So our part is to believe him, to accept him, to recognize what is true and say, yes, God, I, I want that. I trust you instead of trusting me. His part is to do the miracle of rescuing us from our sin and giving us the right to be called his child. And that's an amazing honor and an amazing privilege that the the king, the creator, the father of everything, that he would let you be his child, that he would let me be his child. So all of us, no matter what we've done or haven't done or how our lives have added up so far, all of us just look up to God and say, Lord, I don't deserve this, but thank you so much for this incredible gift. So I wanted to give you an encouragement uh, this Christmas just to make sure that in the in the run-up to tomorrow morning, that you don't miss the opportunity to open the present that God has for you to actually take the gift in hand that Jesus came and then died and then rose again to provide for you. It'd be kind of a shame to know about all this and never actually open the gift, right? Um, so here's, here's how and that you can study the scripture and there's all sorts of instruction from Jesus himself and from those who followed him about how you start to put your faith in him and what it looks like to walk with him. And when I boil it down, it, it looks kind of like this. To receive the gift of Jesus this Christmas, here's three things that you can pray about, that you can think about. One, decide to believe in him. Okay, this is first and foremost, this is a matter of faith. Uh, It's not a matter of works. It's not like, oh, I showed up at church, therefore I'm a Christian. Well, church can encourage you in the right direction, but it can't fix you, right? This is a faith issue between you and God. So you decide in your heart, I'm choosing to believe in Jesus instead of believing in whatever, believing in myself or in my own goodness or whatever else we might trust in. And then turn away from your sins. Jesus came to this world to save us from our sin, and so one of the steps we take as Christian believers is we look at the life of sin, all the you know, lies and selfishness, and we say, I don't want to live in that anymore. I'm turning away from that, and I want to walk the new life that Jesus has made possible for me. And the only way we ever get to really experience true life and the purpose of that life is when we walk away from the darkness and into the light, away from our sin and into the truth. Okay, so, so we start that process the day we open the gift. And then we spend the rest of our time on earth learning how to follow Jesus ever closer and how to move sin out of our life and bring Jesus into our life. And it's a fun process. Sometimes it's painful, uh, but at the end of the day, you start realizing this is what I was made for. Uh, I would rather turn away from my sins and follow Jesus and actually learn what life is all about. 
Okay, then the last thing there is trust Jesus as the Lord and as your Lord. And there's a difference between those two things. When we sing in a moment, one of my favorite Christmas songs, in fact, I think probably my top favorite is O Holy Night, right? It's just an amazing, like when Jesus is the Lord and we want to celebrate him, we want to kneel and just praise him. So we can believe that on a, on a factual level, Jesus is the Lord, and everybody might nod and say thumbs up to that, right? I mean, you came to a Christian church tonight, so maybe you're already kind of warm to that idea. You say, yeah, I'm pretty sure Jesus is the Lord. That's different than saying Jesus is my Lord. You feel the difference? Because when you say Jesus is my Lord, now it's personal. Now it's not just sort of an abstract concept, something you believe far away from you. It's about your life and the direction of your life and who's calling the shots in your life. You say, all right, Jesus is the Lord, so we'll worship him for that. But Jesus, you are my Lord. And when you want to receive the gift of becoming a part of his family and entering all that he's made possible for you, it starts with just a simple act of faith. Say, Lord, I, I believe you. I'll, I'll walk away from my sin. and I, I want to trust you as the Lord and now as my Lord. So I, I wanted to close this segment of our time with a Christmas prayer and just invite you to consider this prayer. Let's say when you pray a prayer, um, especially if somebody's pre-written it, you don't want to take it lightly because it might not really be in your heart. So you don't want to just copy what someone else said, but if this actually is in your heart, then I, I wanted to walk it through with you. Okay, if, if you're one who would say, I, I would like to open the gift, I would like to be all that God created me to be, and, I, and I'd like to have the, like if Jesus came to bring eternal life, yes, of course, I want that, uh, that true life that he offers. So you might pray something like this, Lord Jesus, I choose to believe in you today, and I offer you my faith and my life. Okay, all of us are going to put our faith in something, so you say, Lord, I'll choose to put my faith in you. Would you forgive my sins and begin transforming me? And we know from the gospel all throughout the New Testament, there, there's so much power available for that. Even if you feel like you're stuck or you're really far gone, there's definitely hope for your life to move in a new direction through Jesus. So it starts with this. It starts with saying, Lord, would you forgive me uh, the sins that I've committed to date? And would you help me, Lord? Would you start transforming me? I'm willing to turn away from all of that and start following you instead. Uh, I'd like to open the gift of eternal life you've made possible for me. I'm ready to follow you. Hey, and that's really as simple as it is. There, there really aren't any magic words outlined in the Bible that you're supposed to officially say to move from you know, non-Christian to Christian or to actually open the gift. It's really a hard attitude of faith that God's looking for. So I look at this and say, well, if, if that's what's in your heart, you'd say, I, I'm, I would love to do that. I'm ready to take a step of faith. Maybe these are some words you can use just to say, Lord, let's, let's make this official. Uh, I don't want to just kind of dance around the edges of this or kind of believe out there. I, I want to say, Lord, I, officially today I would say, yes, I'm choosing to believe in you. Okay, so I'd, I'd invite you for just a minute to bow your heads and close your eyes um, just to reflect. I know a lot of people who are in this room, you, you've made a commitment like this. You've made a statement of your faith like this perhaps years ago. You've already been walking the Jesus way for quite some time. There might be a few others in here that have never before taken a step of faith in Jesus. And right now, you, you see something in a way you've never seen it before. That there's a gift available from God to give you eternal life, to transform you, to turn you into a new person that can really love Him and 
be a part of his family forever? If that's you, I, I would encourage you right now to give your faith to Jesus, to decide to trust him. Let, let that be the first step on your Christian journey. I just want to lead you in a prayer right now, and it's up to you in your heart if you'd like to pray along or offer your own words to the Lord about your desire to believe him. Jesus, it is our honor and our joy to celebrate Christmas, to understand that you came to this world to unlock an amazing gift for us that you want to offer to all people, to anyone, anywhere who would believe. And so, Lord, I pray that you would call many in this room to believe right now, that in their hearts, Lord, you would give them the measure of faith that they need to take this step, not just to believe something in their mind about history, but to believe something about you in their heart, in their life. Jesus, thank you for coming and making the way for us to open this gift. I pray that today would be a new beginning for some of our friends here in the room and that all of us, as we celebrate your birthday tomorrow, um, Lord, that we would be genuinely moved forward in our journey with you. Lord, thanks for our families and our friends that we get to spend time with that that'll be great but this is really what christmas is about what we're talking about right now and i just pray for my friends here that we wouldn't walk past it pray that this would be a beginning day for our journey with you in jesus name we pray amen